Good morning. I'm Christine Patterson, your host with co-host Don Smile, and welcome to I Heart Mooresville. Good morning. Good morning, Mooresville. We have a special show today because we have a special guest, Lynn Hegedus from War Memorial. She's our recreation supervisor with the Parks and Recreation Department, and we're so excited to talk to her today with a little bit about what she does and really how she makes an effect on the community. Lots of great things. But before we get started, I want to talk about some of the headlines that we've seen lately. What's been in the news? Well, I have to be honest, I'm a little bit on the struggle bus this morning. <laughs> um, the uh, racing season got started for uh, any NASCAR fans at the table besides myself. No. Yeah. I mean, sort of. I I respect it. All right. Well, um, NASCAR kicked off their season um, a couple days late. Uh, They were supposed to run the Xfinity race on Saturday, the cup race yesterday, or excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, Rain affected all of those. So we did not actually race until 4 p.m. yesterday, uh, the Daytona 500 and then the Xfinity race. So I went to bed well after midnight. Um, but the races, as always, are exciting. And congratulations to Hendrick Motorsports and uh, William Byron. Yeah, I saw that. Who won the Daytona 500. Unfortunately, under caution. I'm not a fan. Mm. Um, and uh, we always have the big one there at Daytona. Now, what does that mean, under caution? Basically, yeah, there was a, a rack of caution. And, um, you know, the, they basically threw their checkered flag. Um, you know, uh, they did not finish the race under green. Uh, so they basically finished the race under caution. So did he still win, though? He still wins um, in all the accolades that go with that. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm not a fan of any race ending under caution. I feel like, you know, it needs to run, you know, till green. But hmm. that's a debate for another show. Okay. Not for this show. <laughs> um, but all that to be said is, uh, obviously, Mooresville's Race City USA. Um, and so a lot of uh, our listeners, I'm sure, are excited that the racing season has started. Um, would have been nice to see a Mooresville-based uh, team win, uh, you know, Penske or yeah. another team. But uh, Hendrick Motorsports uh, won, and uh, and the season is off and running. So Nice. Well, I'm sure we'll be hearing lots more great things about <laughs> that. Uh, another headline I've seen in the news lately is that TDS donated caring bears to the Mooresville Police Department. Um, so what I'm, is that? So Tell us. I'm sure TDS, um, everyone's heard of, you know, it's the like the Internet provider. Sure. Um, used to be a couple other companies before that, but they got bought out by TDS. Um, so last week they donated these very cute, cuddly bears to our police department. And I just thought there was such a great reason behind it. Um, the reason they did that is so officers could keep them, keep them in their squad cars and then give them to kids in the community um, you know, just when they were having some tough situations. I'm sure they encounter a lot of that, you know, throughout their daily course of doing their job. And, you know, I can't imagine what, you know, they run into on a daily basis. And just to have something soft and cuddly and, you know, to be able to give a kid and hopefully brighten their day. I just thought that was really sweet. Yeah, no, that's, um, I, you know, I, I'm an avid watcher of the PD uh, uh, Live Um oh. What is on patrol now? Yes. Um, and uh, that's, you know, you see that uh, sometimes uh, on the show. And, you know, certainly um, children are often you know, caught in those situations and having something like um, that that they can um, can focus on and relate to, I think would, would obviously help. So, yeah. And I, and I think TDS did it as part of their initiative. They've been investing in the communities that they serve. Um, they just fit, actually completed this huge fiber network in Mooresville um, that was actually supposed to result in 12,000 um, 
additional homes and businesses receiving access to high-speed internet. And so part of the closeout, they also made a cash donation to like Dove's House. So, you know, I, I like to see that those big organizations giving back, you know, to the communities they serve. So that was really nice to see. It'd be nice if they could run that fiber uh, to, uh, to my, uh, <laughs> to my location because <laughs> our internet is not good in Harrisburg. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you see these uh, 5G network commercials all the time. I, I have Verizon and they're like, get, get the cube on the 5G. And every time I call, they're like, sorry, it's not available in your area. Well, that's yeah, disappointing. That's annoying. Um, so yeah, well, that's great. I mean, obviously uh, we love when uh, community, excuse me, businesses get back to the community. Yeah. So the other thing uh, that we have coming up as a town um, is Creek Week. And yeah. that's always a lot of fun. And um, it happens March 4th through the 9th. It's an entire week of fun, of headlined uh, by the town stormwater division. And they work with a lot of different departments in the town and businesses, organizations, agencies to offer a full week of fun and engaging events for kids, teens, and adults. Um, and you may ask, what are these engaging op opportunities? Well, um, you can tour the wastewater treatment plant. Um, you can uh, go on guided hikes at Mooresville Parks, which obviously is something that we uh, encourage people to do any day of the week. Uh, there's trivia at local breweries. There's kids' activities at the main library and the West Branch. Uh, and there are conversations with the Catawba and Yatkin River Keepers. Also, if you haven't seen, we have a mascot. Yes, Creek Zippy. Week Creek Week has a mascot. Yes, Zippy. Um, He's a snail. Yes, Zippy the snail. Kind of an irony there when you say between yeah. the name and, and yeah. the character. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But Zippy's really, he's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, to learn more, go to morsevillenc.gov forward slash Creek Week, and you can learn about all those activities that are, will be happening uh, during this festive week. Yes. Um, and then today is actually a special day. Um, it is National Love Your Pet Day. Did you know that, that today's National Love Your Pet Day? I did not. I mean, I love my pet every day. But today, I guess we extra have to love them extra special today. Do you have a pet, Lynn? I do. I have three dogs, and then we live on a farm, so we have about 130 birds. Oh, my gosh. 130 birds? Uh, yes, Define... between chickens and ducks. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I feel like I live on a farm, <laughs> um, even though I don't. We only have the one dog, but the, my neighborhood <clears throat> is situated um, between two farms. And so it's so strange because you definitely get the like subdivision living feel. But then like la like the last night and this morning, it just sounded like angry cows just mooing, like something had them very upset this morning. <laughs> and then one time I drove home and I could not pull in my driveway because there was a cow standing in my driveway. <laughs> so sometimes they get loose and then you'll just see the random like goat walking around the neighborhood sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like farm. But... I think that's cool. I, one of the things I really love about where we live in Harrisburg is that um, there's still some open land there when I drive home and to and from work. Um, you mentioned cows. There yeah. are cows still, you know, in the pastures. And I think that's kind of cool. And yes, they do get out from time to time and stop traffic. <laughs> uh, Lynn was mentioning ducks. Um, I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, my neighbor has a pool. Um, and for whatever reason, these two ducks kept coming to my backyard. And my wife is a big bird feeder so she has mm -hmm. these bird feeders all over the place and the ducks were eating all the bird seed that's one on the ground well when for whatever reason they decided that they would leave my yard and immediately fly into my neighbor's pool and they do questionable things when they land in the pool 
And my neighbor was extremely unhappy that these oh, ducks no. kept coming and we would chase them away. And as soon as I would run at them, they would fly in the air and land in the pool. And um, he was he was very unhappy. We had to uh, we had to come to some resolution to get rid of those ducks so he could actually enjoy his yeah. pool because it was constantly being cleaned. But and that's oh. the great thing about North Carolina, living in North Carolina, yeah. you get the subdivision and then you get the farmland. So, all right. Well, this, um, as you mentioned, is a great show. We're going to be talking to Lynn Hegedus uh, from Parks and Recreation about all the wonderful programming and events that she headlines. And we'll do that as soon as we get back from the break here on WSIC at iHeart Mooresville. As local as Mooresville. Christine Patterson and Don Smile host iHeart Mooresville on 1059 100.7 WSIC. iHeart Mooresville. Ooh, we should put that on a t shirt. Sorry, New York. 1059 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to iHeart Mooresville and WSIC. I'm your host, Don Smile, along with co host Christine Patterson. And uh, Christine, did you know that February is National Therapeutic Recreation Month? Wow, I did not. Okay. Well, that being said, Lynn Hegedus is here. Um, she is the recreation supervisor at War Memorial, and she also runs our recre—excuse me, our therapeutic programming, um, which a lot of people may not know that Parks and Recreation has a therapeutic program, and so. Uh, given that it's Therapeutic Recreation Month, that'll be a good opportunity to educate the public uh, about what we do in that space. So, Absolutely. Lynn, thank I'm you excited. for coming. Thank you. Glad to have you. Um, so, I guess, first of all, tell us, define therapeutic for us, for the, the general public may understand what exactly that means. So, therapeutic programs includes anyone with varying abilities, be it physical, developmental, cognitive, social. Um, we help anybody who may have difficulties in traditional programming. Okay. And um, obviously there's, um, you know, War Memorial is kind of the hub for that now. So I guess, first of all, tell us a little bit about Lynn, uh, what your background is and how you came to Parks and Recreation and how you lead this division. So I have a master's in special education. And when I had moved to the area, I had left teaching um, we had moved to the area to um, for my husband's work, and I had reached out to Parks and Recreation because I was looking for programs for my youngest child who has autism. Um, and when I had gone in and discussed it with the team, they were very excited, and little did I know they had a job posted currently for a therapeutic program specialist, um, and they were just looking for someone to start therapeutic programs and run um, Lake Norman Special Olympics. So I went home and applied for a job that I didn't know that I wanted, <laughs> and I have been with the program um, for seven years now. Well, that's wow. amazing. Um, you know, the fact that you have a daughter that um, you know, that is involved in therapeutic programming and that you had the opportunity to to come to Mooresville and to lead uh, that effort for the town of Mooresville had synergy, right? Yeah. Like that I find that a lot of people don't know they need the jobs that we give them within <laughs> Parks and Recreation in the town. Like people are recruited and, and, and that's how they end up here, which is nice to see. I very nicely have always told everybody, it's always where you end up is where you least planned. 
Um, I was actually in school when I had gotten that part-time position, and I had this wonderful plan of what I was going to do, and it ended up being very different, but I love every minute of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Lake Norman Special Olympics is obviously something that is just, it's so cool, I think, what you do. Tell us a little bit about that program. So we have uh, 17 sports seasons that run throughout the year. Um, They are travel teams. So anyone eight years and older, you never age out of Special Olympics, can um, do these sports for their season. And then they can go to invitationals and to state-level competitions. And we've had some go on to regional and world competitions. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So in addition to Special Olympics, what are some of the other therapeutic programs that that we offer? So. I think my favorite is the MAP program. Uh, It's called Mooresville Abilities Program, and it is a day camp for individuals with disabilities to be able to come in with their peers. Uh, It's 9 to 2, Monday through Thursday, and they absolutely adore being able to come in, work on money skills, talk to their friends. We work on job skills and life skills, and it gives the parents a break. Yeah, I can imagine being a caregiver you know, you probably do just need that kind of me time sometimes. Um, that's really, that's amazing that, that you offer that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think it's really interesting. Um, first of all, I think it's educational for everybody because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure a lot of people understand, you know, that we have a therapeutic program, uh, housed under parks and recreation, but more importantly, that's a service for the town of Mooresville. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned special Olympics, which Lynn is, is involved in and leads that division here in Mooresville or for Lake Norman. So, I guess tell us and the listeners the difference between therapeutics and Special Olympics. So Special Olympics is done, it's an international organization. Um, It'll be done both from an international, a national, and then a state, and then a local program. Um, And we abide by the rules of Special Olympics North Carolina. Um, There are 103 delegations in North Carolina. Wow. Um, Most are counties. Lake Norman got to be special. We we are one of only three very special places in the entire state of North Carolina that is not a county. Oh. Um, and they did that because Mecklenburg County and Iredell County were so long and the travel distance from one end to the other made it difficult for people to get into this middle section. So we have the lower part of Iredell and the upper part of Mecklenburg. Wow, that's a trend, it seems, among things. You have our Convention and Visitor Bureau. We're one of the only towns in the state that has its own visitor bureau instead of a county visitor bureau. Mm. I think you see that among Special Olympics. There's other organizations that that we have. I think Mooresville, I mean, it, I think it's a testament that we have enough here um, going on that we can kind of be a standalone entity, which is nice to see. Absolutely. You know, and I've, um, you know, you referenced Special Olympics. Um, you know, I think it's, for me, it's always uh, fun to see the athletes get excited and prepared to go to these regional games and, and these national games. Um, and, and, you know, obviously I've seen um, how successful they are. So let's talk about the last games that you attended and kind of give me some understanding of the sports they participated in and the awards and the medals and all of those wonderful things. Cause you know, this is a chance to give a shout out to all those amazing athletes. Well, there's so many of them. I can't probably name every single athlete. Um, but last week we finished our skiing and snowboarding season. 
So, wow. Yeah, I know. Most people won't think skiing and snowboarding when it comes to Special Olympics, mm. but we do. Um, and North Carolina actually hosts the Southeast Regional. So we went up to Blowing Rock last week and we took seven athletes, um, all placed third or above. So we, we brought home a lot of metal. Awesome. Um, wow. But they were able to compete against athletes from South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, um, some athletes who only get to see snow when they do come to competitions. Mm. Um, so for our athletes, we only get to really see snow when we go up to either practices or competitions up there. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about the fact that I feel like winter never happened yeah. this year. Yeah. It was, yeah I'm obviously, we went from fall and I feel like spring is coming. Yeah. And I don't feel like we had any winter. It, it was a rough, no, we got rough competition weekend. So the last three days, which is the reason, regional competition, it was in the 50s and slush. Mm. Mm. So that tells you how good these athletes are to be able to do it in any condition. I mean, this was not ideal skiing or snowboarding. Um, the majority of our team is either doing black level courses or blue. So, wow. I mean, this is telling you how difficult this is for them. So where do you recruit, you know, to get athletes? Like, how do you let people know about the program? Where are people seeing this? So Facebook is usually one of the biggest ones is where people find us. People will find us at a lot of practices. So just a few days ago, we were at the Y with our swim team practicing for a competition. And one mom comes up and she goes, what is this? <laughs> so, you know, you have to kind of explain because yeah. they're, they're somewhat confused because our youngest athlete on the team is eight. Our oldest is in their 50s. So it's an unusual looking team for the public who is not particularly used to it. So... You know, we, I'd tell her what it was, and she was like, can I get my kids involved? <laughs> so we get a lot of volunteers that way. Okay, gotcha. So are there age ranges, Is it or is it So our open? Young Athletes Program run, ranges from two to seven, Okay, and that is athletes that we're working on pre-sport skills. So they're not on a specific team. We're working on those skills, the, the kicking, the jumping, the running, right. the things that they need to have before they can do a sport. Okay. And then from eight and up is when you can do the actual travel sport teams. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm learning. I mean, I know. I mean, I've been involved in parks and recreation for two and a half years and I'm learning something new today. I, I love this. I um, love that, that we have this. I love that we offer this. I was looking up online. Um, and so correct me if this is not uh, correct, but this is how it's described. Therapeutic programming consists of any activity that is designed and implemented to enhance the identified treatment goals of the individual. The mm -hmm. elements of therapeutic programming are client assessment, treatment goals, treatment plan, activity program, activity implementation, and evaluation. So depending on the setting, depends on which of those things are happening. Um, for us in a Parks and Rec situation where we are, we don't do as much of the clinical assessments. There are certified rec therapists that are working in hospitals, in clinical wards, mm -hmm. and they have much more detailed goals they're working on. Ours are much broader. We're working on developing social skills and sports skills and things like that. We're not necessarily trying to teach individual skills for a specific person based mm -hmm. on a doctor's recommendation. Understood. Like, like, like the CDSA would, mm -hmm. would work with them. This is more of like a supplemental type of, of therapy, which is also yeah. very important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, something that I, I think I've, I've seen um, and learned more of since I've been to the town is, is really just 
all of the programming that takes place at War Memorial, but across our, our facilities. So is is the therapeutic programming, does this all take place at the War Memorial Center or is is does it extend to our other facilities in town? A good bulk of it happens at War or, okay. or at Bellingham Park. Those tend to be the two favorite places for the athletes to go. Yeah. Um, those are their two, you know, easiest to find, easiest to get to. Parking is, is perfect for them. Um, so they love that. But obviously, there are some things that just can't happen in one of our rec centers. Um, so swim team, obviously, is at the Y because they have a pool. Um, our bowling team, imagine this, meets at the bowling alley. Um, so it really just depends on the sport and whether or not we have the facility to handle it. Okay. Well, we, you know, I would think that we have a, a nice, uh, you know, group of, of parks and facilities to choose from because we do have so many great, you know, locations here in Mooresville. Yeah, and, and just to remind everybody, we have 17 parks. <laughs> 17. <laughs> and we have four recreational facilities. Um, so yeah, there is uh, plenty of opportunity and space uh, to do that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back from break. And I really want to talk about some of the specific programming uh, that you have at War Memorial, because I think there's some really unique things that you're doing. And so we'll get into that when we get back from break. Um, and again, our special guest, Lynn Hegedis, a recreation supervisor from Mooresville Parks and Recreation. And we'll be back after this message from our sponsors. more I Heart Mooresville on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Local starts here. Call now to speak with I Heart Mooresville hosts Christine Patterson and Don Smile at 844 Studio 4. It's I Heart Mooresville on WSIC. And we're back with I Heart Mooresville. I'm your host, Christine Patterson, and we have co-host Don Smile. And we are talking with Lynn Hegedus, the Recreation Supervisor for Parks and Recreation. Um, we've just been talking about some of the amazing programming that they do um, with at the War Memorial and at some of our other facilities throughout town. Um, therapeutic programming, Special Olympics. And we were actually just talking over the break and, you know, talking about um, a couple things that, that, you know, we feel like we kind of, the, the Parks and Recreation in general supplements, but, um, you know, dis, if you have a disabled child, um, you know, children that, that need these therapeutic services, um, there's something called the Innovations Waiver um, for them to, you know, get services provided by the state. And, um, it's a 15-year waiting list, right, Lynn? It is. 10 to 15 years is what they say the average is for right now. That's that's insane to me. Um, we, you know, I feel like this is a great, um, you know, option if you are waiting on services to come and, and be able to take advantage of the things that happen that Parks and Recreation provides. And, you know, it's not going to be an individualized plan for, for your child. Obviously, that's something that they would have to get through CDSA. But this is definitely something that, you know, something is better than nothing. And, you know, having a disabled child myself, I, I understand um, that sometimes, you know, the wait can be long. I mean, we waited eight months to find speech therapy and, mm -hmm. um, you know, feeding therapy. And, and these can definitely provide, um, you know, some things that, that you know, it's to do instead of nothing while waiting. 
So Lynn, with that said, I know that you and Christine were talking in the break about, you know, opportunities um, to, you know, supplement some of that. Before we get into specific programming, you know, based on your experience, and, and obviously you have a lot of experience in this area, what are some of the ways uh, or shortcuts or helpful hints or things that people who have children with disabilities may not be aware of that would be helpful for them to know? Like what Christine was just saying about this wait list, and you mentioned, you know, if you move, um, that you get put back to the bottom of the wait list. And so what are some of the things that people may not be aware of or some of the helpful hints that you can give people in this space? I'll be honest, when I was first starting in the journey when my daughter was diagnosed at two, I was very lucky. I already worked in special education and I had a plethora of wonderful teachers that I could reach out to and other parents that I could reach out to to make that support system. And it really is coming down to finding your support system. It doesn't matter who they are. They will get you. They will understand. You will be there for each other. But having that group, be it that you meet them through Special Olympics, a therapeutic program, if you guys just decide to go to coffee on the weekends, having that support system of the other parents who understand where you're at is the best thing you could ever have. Yeah. Where, where does that exist? Uh, those kind of support systems outside of meeting and therapeutics? Are there... Um, in your experience, places or opportunities or organizations that people can tap into? Absolutely. Just about every um, disability has their own organization. Um, Special Olympics North Carolina, or what is it? Um, the Autism Society of North Carolina will have support groups in each area. I know the Down Syndrome Network in this area is quite large as well. Um, so either finding one that's specific like that, finding a class, or we've even done um, support groups with parents through um, Parks and Recreation in the past, and I wouldn't be opposed to bringing it back in the future. Yeah. So if individuals listening to this program uh, wanted to learn more, would you have a problem with them contacting you directly to, to kind of understand some of the things you're talking, the principles and the areas they might be able to? To tap into? I absolutely love to share information. <laughs> okay. um, that's the only way this works. So is being able to share the information, being able to say, I don't know your specific thing, but I know someone who can help you is also phenomenal. Because um, none of us are going to have all the answers, no matter how much education we get, no matter how long we've been doing this. I've been in this field almost 22 years now. And there's still something I get to learn every single day, and I appreciate that, and I will take that and continue to increase my knowledge, but also share it with anyone I can. Mm -hmm. So I am never against a phone call or an email. So with that in mind, um, you can uh, go to BoardsvilleRecreation.org, uh, click on the Facilities tab on the left, um, and under the Facilities tab, you will see War Memorial Recreation Center, and um, the About section will tell you all about Lynn, uh, and her contact information. And so if you are interested in reaching out to Lynn just to um, ask questions or pick her brain or, you know, create some opportunity for networking, uh, I would encourage you to do that as Lynn has offered uh, to uh, kind of be a resource for our community. And even if it's just to, um, you know, get resources, even if it's not a program that's offered, you know, through Parks and Recreation, I just, you know, I know, especially in the early stages of those journeys, it can feel very isolating and, you know, that you don't know 
kind of what to do and where to turn to. And, you know, people think that the doctors have all the answers, but they don't, especially, you know, in people with rare, you know, disorders or, you know, rare versions of, of disorders. Um, so it can kind of feel like you're out there alone. Um, but there are groups out there to help. Um, so even if it's to something we don't offer to point you in the right direction, you know, we can find, we can point you in the right direction. So, Yeah. So, Lynn, um, you know, we had talked earlier about some of the programming that's going on at Wilmore. I'd love for you to kind of go through some of the things that specifically that you offer um, from a programming perspective, because I think people may not understand. You talk about life skills and social skills and all those things, um, you know, the depth and breadth of what you offer at War Memorial in terms of helping uh, individuals um, that that uh, that join these programs. So talk a little bit about some of the programs, what kind of the, you know, what the uh the goal is of those programs and, you know, when they're available and just kind of go through your world. So on the first and third Thursdays of the month, we have Calm Cool Coloring. Um, it seems like a pretty simple program, but it is one that really gives everybody a chance just to talk to each other. And it sometimes is the parents that are talking to each other that have come with it. Sometimes it's the caregivers of um, some of our participants and sometimes it's the participants themselves. Um, we'll have all sorts of coloring sheets, crayons, markers, colored pencils, and then we even have modified um, markers with tennis balls on them for individuals who don't have the ability to grasp correctly um, to be able to still participate and color with their peers. Cool. So wow. that's one we do on Thursdays. I think I do that during meetings sometimes, comical coloring. Yeah. I, I feel like I probably <laughs> it, do It's that. nice to just get to relax a little bit. Does, yeah. does doodling fit yeah. into that category? Because yeah, right? I do that a lot in it's meetings. Therapeutic. <laughs> it's therapeutic. <laughs> All right. All right. And then on Fridays, we have what's called caregiver and client. And it is for anyone who needs a place to take their person that they're with for the day. Um, a lot of the resource that you do get once you do receive services is community based um, supports, which means that this person is picking up your child or your adult from your home and they are taking them out in the community which in some areas can be a lot of fun, but in some areas can be very frustrating or very expensive. Because um, you have to think in Mooresville, there's not always a ton of opportunities to go walk the mall. So you'll see a lot of caregiver and clients walking Target, walking Walmart, just walking around. So we gave this as a Friday um, opportunity to have them have the ability to come into the classroom. There is uh, materials provided. They could play board games. They can color. They can do arts and crafts projects. Um, sometimes it might be set up with a bigger game, like a gym game, yeah. um, just to give them an opportunity to interact with each other in a low-cost environment so it's not quite as hard as walking around the store for four or five hours a day because you know how expensive that can get. <laughs> oh, yeah. You tend to get sidetracked and, oh, shiny thing, I'm going to buy that. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else you got um, going on? So I've already told you a, a bit about the MAP program. Yeah. Well, tell us again because I think, uh, you know, if somebody's joined this late, um, you know, you were very excited about that program. Yes. So, so. it's it's one of my favorites. It, it was the entire start of therapeutic. It was the very first program we brought in besides Special Olympics. It is an adult day program where um, they can do a day camp from nine to two, Monday through Thursday, um, where they get to interact with their peers. They get to work on social skills, math, finance. Um, they work on job skills. We take field trips over to the library and get to shelves book, 
shelf books a couple days a week. Um, there's just a, a ton of opportunities for them to work on those skills and how to interact with each other. Excellent. Wow. Um, so the map, so I'm sorry, uh, to go back to the, um, the caregiver and client program. Mm -hmm. So that one, are, is that an opportunity for the caregiver to leave or it's more just more socializing with other caregivers on that one? So most of the time, caregivers tend to stay with their participants. Um, there are certain things that we cannot do um, if a participant requires self-care things mm -hmm. such as um, going to the bath, help going to the bathroom or something like that. It's not something we can provide for them. So the caregiver needs to stay with. Um, but if they are able to participate in the program by themselves, they don't necessarily have to have a caregiver with them. Okay. So it kind of depends on the level um, of care needed yeah. for the for the individual, but it could be an opportunity for a caregiver to get, to get a break or mm -hmm. something like that. Okay, great. Excellent. Well, I know there's other programming, so let's talk about some of those before we get to break. So um, Special Olympics, I just told you that our ski mm -hmm. and snowboarding season ended. Um, currently, right now, we are doing swimming, basketball, volleyball, and uh, bowling will start um, at the end of spring break. And then golf, weather dependent, should be coming back here pretty soon as well. Wow. Do, you, do you use our Morsel Golf Course for that? So we've actually been very lucky over the years, and Mooresville Golf Course is amazing, but they are very, very busy. Yes. Um, so unfortunately, we ended up the first year having to find an alternative place. Um, we found a home at Peninsula Golf Club. So we've been there oh, yeah. for the last three years. They are closed this year for remodeling. So River Run Golf Course was nice enough to donate their facility gotcha. for this year. Yeah, that's. I think that's the problem with having a, an award-winning golf course <laughs> is it's the waiting list yeah. is insane. <laughs> Yeah, Luke, um, you know, Luke does an amazing job at the golf course and it's always full. Yes. Um, and but it's nice that there are other resources in the yeah. community where you're able to to participate. So yeah. and it helps to spread out the stuff within the delegation. So that way not everything is in one location. Yeah. So putting some stuff up in Troutman and some in Cornelius does help to lessen the drive for some adults. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we will certainly um uh, talk a little bit more about that when we come back from break. Um, we'll get into some other things as well. But I uh, can't thank you enough for telling us all of this information. And I'm quite sure that the public has learned something they probably didn't know. Yeah. And so with that said, we will be back at iHeart Mooresville after this message from our sponsors. Mooresville with host Christine Patterson and Don Smile is coming up on WSIC. Local starts here. Looking good, Mooresville. I mean, you're sitting at that traffic light too. Might as well be looking at something. iHeart Mooresville continues now on WSIC. Welcome back to iHeart Mooresville. I'm your host, Don Smile, along with co-host Christine Patterson. And we've had a very interesting and lively discussion with Lynn Hegedus, one of our recreation supervisors who runs the therapeutic programs and Special Olympics Lake Norman uh, for the town of Mooresville and our Parks and Recreation Department. And um, we have summer camp coming up, which is eagerly anticipated by most parents and, and children. Uh, and so I want to give Lynn an opportunity to talk about some of the things that um, that she offers on the summer camp um, uh, space. 
that, that will be coming up. And by the way, registration starts March 11th. Yes, so. March 11th. Mm-hmm. And if it's anything like last year, I'm sure it's less than five minutes before it's full. Yes. That, that's where we stood last year. Um, so this year we're doing camp slightly differently. Instead of it just being one camp, it was divided into two different camps. So six to nine-year-olds are in one group, and then 10 to 12-year-olds are in a separate group. So I think that's the biggest change for this year for okay. summer camp. Well, I know that, um, as you mentioned, it's it's very popular, uh, very competitive. Um and uh, we will obviously be reminding people as we move into that date, um, that March 11th, mark it on your calendars, we'll be uh, opening uh, registration for all summer camps at Mooresville Parks and Recreation. Um, and we would encourage you to uh, go online and learn. Uh, the programming will already be online, so you can look at it ahead of time, but registration will not actually open until March 11th. So Yeah, I was shocked at the buzz around summer camps, uh, you know, seeing it on social media blow up. this is, I think this is just the first year I've actually paid attention, but right. I did not realize <laughs> that they sold out so quickly. It, it's cut through it when you see the moms groups on yes. Facebook, mm-hmm. when they're comparing and going, okay, so what time does it open? All right, I've already set like six alarms, and I know that this is coming. Yeah, that's great, though. That means people, you know, want to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, a a big shout out to um, our recreation um, uh, team at all the facilities for handling uh, summer camp. It's it's a major endeavor. And so Latasha Singletary and and her staff at all the recreational facilities do an amazing job, uh, you know, preparing those um, opportunities for summer camp and those programs. And um, and we want to give them a shout out because it is a major undertaking. Uh, um, yeah, I can so, imagine. Um, so we had talked at the top of the show about racing starting. So it is time for Trivia Tuesday. Woo! Yeah. So with that said, I thought we would do a race themed question today. And the question is, what is the name of Mooresville's sister city? Does anybody know? I know. I know. I'll give Lynn a chance. You're you going to have to go for it. I know it starts with an S. It's, and I know I pass the sign every single day, but I couldn't tell you. No, you're wrong, Lynn. It's Hockenheim, Germany. Okay. That's our sister city. And do you know? Oh, bing, 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 ding. bing. We got sound effects. Um, and the did you know that Hockenheim is actually... Uh, home to the Nürburgring. This is the racing tie-in. So the Nürburgring is a world-famous racing facility, mostly known for Formula One, but they run all types of motorsports there. And we are the sister city to Hockenheim, Germany. Yeah, have that uh, racing connection. We do. And the delegation from Hockenheim actually visited us uh, for Mooresville, uh, the Motorsports uh, Festival this past year. They did. They came uh, that week of October 3rd, um, and we actually had them judge our uh, best German beer in Mooresville <laughs> from our local breweries. So, you know, it, it, that was pretty cool. So, Trivia Tuesday every week. Stay tuned because you're going to learn things you didn't know. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> And we have a lot of upcoming events happening in the area. A um, couple things, just what you missed is we had a sold out murder mystery uh, dinner theater on February 10th. We are offering two days of that next year. So if you didn't get to come see it this year because it was sold out, we're going to offer a Friday and Saturday night option this year. So definitely come see us. Sigmund Theatrical puts on an amazing show for that. Um, so you're basically going to murder more people. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, we love murder. So we're, definitely come visit us. <laughs> um, also, the Mooresville Community Children's Theater had a production of Little Women that took place last week. Um, they 
you know, almost every night was sold out. They did a great, um, great show, great production of that. And there'll be more upcoming for that that we'll announce soon. So you you didn't get a chance to see them. There'll be more opportunities for some other shows that they have this summer coming up. They always do something in July. So we'll be talking about that in the future. Um, and then Shamrocks and Shenanigans downtown Mooresville. I'm all about that. Getting ready for Shana- St. Patrick's the shenan- Day. The shenanigans part, um, you know. but Gotta have yeah. the shenanigans. <laughs> that's that's the best part. Um, so that'll be happening um, on March 16th, downtown Mooresville, um, at the Mooresville Downtown Commission. We had Kim Atkins on a couple weeks ago. They always do a great job uh, organizing that, and the downtown businesses really get into it. Um, so that's always fun. Then we have the Mooresville Day Festival coming up March 23rd. The second annual Mooresville Day Festival. And if anybody happened to wander downtown last year on March 3rd, which, by the way, is the actual incorporation date of Mooresville, uh, right. March 3rd, 1873. Uh, you, ooh, ooh, you got I, that right. I won. I won. <laughs> you um, won. You will have participated in the first annual uh, Mooresville Day, which was amazing. The weather was fantastic. Beautiful. All of Main Street was packed uh, with people. And I assume we're going to have the same thing this year. Oh, we hope so. We hope the weather, we've definitely put in good word for the weather to be good that day. Um, over 12,000 people attended last year, and it was just amazing. We hope for that this year as well. Um, it's going to be a blast. We're bringing back the school mascot dance competition. That was just high energy such a favorite from last year so we're going to do that again we've got a lot of great schools signed up for that um we're hopefully next year going to expand to offering categories so all mascots can participate um we have over right now over 50 artisans signed up for the artisan market we're we're we can definitely take more we're still taking applications so if you are a local artisan if you make you know something handmade or a crafter definitely um go and fill out our application it's mooresvilleday.com um and and apply to to be an artisan at the artisan market so we got a lot going on tons of rides this year so date and time. Yeah. So that is, again, more, that is March 23rd and it's 12 to 4 p.m. And that will be on Main Street and Broad Street this year. We're expanding. Wow. Well, it was um, 12,000 people last year. Who knows what we'll have this I year? I know. I know. We've got some really, really great, you know, things to do. Family friendly activities. Over 20 food trucks that will be there. All of our local breweries, we actually have a new brewery opening on Main Street called High Branch Brewery. That will be the first time ever that they're participating in an event. So if you want to taste some new beers, High Branch Brewery will be there. Um, Of course, Mordo Made, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. our distillery downtown. So we'll have some really great, um, you know, options for our alcohol and beer enthusiasts. um, Also for our food truck enthusiasts. And then, of course, artisans and then tons of activities for kids you know gym mining you could they can fill up a little bag of gyms and take it home that was one of the most popular attractions oh, in, yeah. at last year's mooresville day was yeah. the gym mining we had to bring it back that was crazy it was so busy yeah it sold out i for you know sold out is probably the bar they ran out of minerals right they ran out of stuff so because <laughs> of that we're doubling it this year well, so more gyms for for the kids to find um but adults actually liked it too there were there were adults in there it was so much fun um so we'll be offering more of that this year more at mooresville day that's right i love it i love it um too and then 
always Loretta as part of our indoor concert series. We will close out the Our Town Stage Entertainment Series on April 13th with Always Loretta. This is the number one tribute show to Loretta Lynn and the only tribute show sanctioned by the Lynn estate, um, the Lynn family. This is with the original Loretta Lynn's original band, the Coal Miners, play. Um, it's an amazing show. There actually are some tickets left, um, but not many. So go to OurTownStage.com and get your tickets if you haven't already. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I think the Jovi Knox Auditorium, you just did some major upgrades there, right? We did. Hotel. Um, yeah, so we actually uh, completely upgraded our sound system. Um so the Joe Vinox Auditorium is an amazing venue. It is vintage. It, you get that small town theater feel when you get in there. A lot of it is the original, you know, fixtures and seating and everything from when it was created, um, you know, almost over 30 years ago. Um, so it's great. But the sound system is, up, you know, a little outdated. And so <laughs> because it is also the original sound system from over 30 years ago. So you can imagine. Um, so we we definitely put some, you know, new new soundboard and then we're completing the lighting portion of that this fiscal year. So it's going to sound great. Wow. Well, you've had some amazing acts there. I think the Spin Doctors and um, Parmalee. Edwin and McCain. Edwin McCain. Um, so yeah, they'll sound even better next time. Yeah. Yeah. We're so excited. Um, and then lastly, I wanted to, um, give a shout out to the Mooresville public library. Um, so last year as part of the 150th anniversary, um, one of the 150 fun things to do that was on the calendar, um, was going to see the documentary of Black Mooresville, The Untold Story. Um, so that was a really important piece of last year's celebration um, to document a history that really hadn't been told in Mooresville. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the community was really proud of that. Um, so it was so successful that they actually did a part two and now a part three. Wow, I've only seen the first two. Yeah. So obviously I'm going to have to go visit part three. Yes. So it's going to actually this Thursday, uh, February 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Mooresville Public Main Library in downtown. Um, the Untold Story part three will be showing. Um, and you can also, of course, you know, go to the archive on the Mooresville Public Library to see parts one and two um, to catch up if you haven't seen those before you watch part three. Um, but they actually turned it into a book. Like it's been a, it's been a whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's an important part of uh, Mooresville history. And I think it's great that they were able to, uh, you know, document that and provide an opportunity for the public to view it. So as we close out today's show, uh, Lynn, very quickly, we want to give a shout out to your, to your students and your, your uh, participants, because I know they're listening. So of course they are. Yes. <laughs> so. All right. So math class, I know you are listening. Have a good day. And I will see you back in about 30 minutes. So don't give everybody else too much trouble today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to Lynn Hegedis uh, from uh, the Mooresville Parks and Recreation Department, our uh, recreation supervisor at War Memorial, uh, for sharing information about the wonderful programming that happens at that facility. And we appreciate everyone listening to iHeart Mooresville, her and WSIC. And we will see you next week. Have a great week. Serving you better than ever before. 105.9, 100.7, WSIC, Statesville, Morrisville, North Charlotte.